What's up, everyone, and welcome to Good Morning on Purpose, a daily podcast that aims to evoke a sense of positivity and possibility in your day. This is my first ever attempt at podcasting and serves as a process for me personally to overcome some obstacles and difficulties that I've experienced over the last many years, months, or even days. If nothing else, I can promise a positive or motivational message, an atmosphere of honesty, and a friendly hello from someone you've likely never met. Although there are many things in life that are likely out of your control, your perspective is yours alone, and from that perspective, the choices we make and the things we think impact our daily outcomes. So with that in mind, and without further ado, from me to you... Good morning. Today is Saturday, February 24th, 2024. It's in the 40s today, and I'm on day two of recovery from my second cataract surgery. This marks two full days that I can see more naturally with no aid. There are still things that are a little difficult to see, but my world is more clear, which is awesome. And awe happens to be the topic of my podcast episode today because awe and wonder can elicit health benefits that can make your daily experience and general life experience more positive. Awe and wonder can activate your parasympathetic nervous system, which is responsible for the rest and digest response in your brain. It can lower your heart rate, blood pressure, and stress hormones, and promotes relaxation and healing. It can stimulate the release of oxytocin, which is a hormone that promotes bonding, trust, and social connection. It can also reduce inflammation, pain, anxiety, and improve immune function and wound healing. It's one reason why, while it's wonderful to enjoy a sunrise or a sunset on your own, it's even better to do so with a friend or a loved one. Similarly, awe and wonder can increase your levels of endorphins, which are natural painkillers and mood enhancers. Endorphins are also known to boost your immune system and protect against infections and diseases. Having a sense of awe for things can enhance your prefrontal cortex activity, which is the part of your brain that's involved in executive functions like planning or decision-making and problem-solving, and stimulating it in this way can increase cognitive performance, mental flexibility, and innovation. And as my last example, awe and wonder can reduce the activity of the default mode network, which is the part of the brain that's associated with self-referential thoughts, rumination, and negative emotions. Reducing the activity in this part of the brain, especially if you're in a bad mood or you're having a bad time, can decrease the risk of depression, anxiety, and loneliness, and increase your sense of meaning and purpose. But I feel like we use the word awesome or wonderful pretty liberally in life today. I've described some things that I genuinely am curious about and find to be awe-inspiring or wonderful or inspirational, but that's kind of up to my perspective. I find things like this all the time because I think way too much, <laughs> which is why I'm really glad that I have this platform to share things with you, like the fact that octopuses have three hearts, nine brains, and blue blood. Two of their hearts pump blood to their gills, and one pumps blood to the rest of the body. Does this mean that octopuses can love three times as hard? And if you think love is more of a mental thing that happens in your brain, they have nine brains, one central brain, and eight smaller ones that controls each arm. Their blood is blue because it contains copper-rich proteins called hemocyanin, which helps them survive in cold and low oxygen environments. Brains, blood, and hearts are things that we as humans romanticize a lot, so if we were all octopuses, we'd have probably a lot more to ruminate on, especially if all of your limbs could kind of just do all the things that you need to do in your day without you having to really think about it. 
If we were able to do that, maybe we'd be able to pronounce this word, the longest word in English, which has 189,819 letters. It's the full technical name of a protein called titin, which is a huge molecule that gives elasticity to your muscles. From what I've read, it takes about three hours to pronounce, so I'm not going to do it here on this podcast, but if you're looking for a challenge this weekend, maybe you look up this word and try to pronounce it for yourself. Another cool thing I found in the last couple days is that a bolt of lightning is five times hotter than the sun. The temperature of a lightning bolt can reach up to 30,000 degrees Celsius, which is five times hotter than the surface of the sun, which is about 5,500 degrees Celsius. People have been struck by lightning and survived, so those people can walk around saying they've literally been hit by the surface of the sun. And if you're ever unfortunate enough to not survive a lightning strike, there's a company that turns dead bodies into coral reefs. It's called Eternal Reefs, and they'll cremate the remains of a person and mix it with concrete and molds to turn it into a ball of artificial reef material, which are then placed on the ocean floor. They create new habitats for marine life and help restore damaged coral reefs. The company also lets families of the deceased personalize them with handprints and messages and small items, which is a pretty amazing way to physically contribute to some of the most amazing and awe-inspiring natural habitats on Earth. There are so many things in the natural world that can inspire awe and wonder, that give you that feeling of excitement or curiosity, that even if we can explain it with science, or we see it or talk about it on a regular basis, it's still somewhat unbelievable, seemingly impossible that these things can exist the way that they do. And it becomes even more interesting when we realize how little we know about some of these things. We can think about things like the seafloor, which we've only really explored a fraction of, or the endless expanse of space that we can only access at the moment through telescopes or jumping just outside of our atmosphere. Even our advances in technology, or simple things like the special effects in a movie or cinematic cutscenes in a game, we can use creative storytelling or Hollywood movie magic combined with psychology to inspire these emotions as well. And we can also train ourselves not to feel or think this way. Because at the end of the day, a sense of awe and wonder, inspiration and motivation all happens in the brain. Another thing in life that we really don't fully understand yet. And in some ways, as evidenced by the advancement of technology and even just our everyday behavior, the brain is possibly one of the most awesome things that we can easily study and engage with on a regular basis. This brings me to an interesting article I was reading about savants, and one in particular named Kim Peek. Kim Peek was born without the natural connections that most brains have between the two hemispheres. It was found that he didn't have a corpus callosum, or two other parts, the anterior commissure and the hippocampal commissure, the parts of the neurological system that transfer information between hemispheres. There's a surgery out there that's called split brain surgery, or corpus callosotomy. This is a very aggressive way of alleviating epileptic seizures, which involves just removing or severing the corpus callosum. After these surgeries, the two parts of the brain don't typically exchange information very efficiently, if at all. This can cause people to essentially have two different brains that act independently. You might be trying to pull your pants up with one hand and pull your pants down with the other. You might have an impulse to do one thing and the other part of your brain might have an impulse to do the exact opposite. You might take in information with one part of your brain and take in completely different information with the other part of your brain and there's no way for you to process the information between your whole self because there's no connection between those two parts of the brain. 
Kim Peek was born without the connections between the two hemispheres, and so he was a unique case of this split brain phenomenon. He could read a book by reading one page with his left eye and the other page with his right eye and retain all of the information. He could retain 98% of the information that he read. He spent a lot of time in the library with his father, so he made it through thousands and thousands of books and encyclopedias and maps. He could read the thickest of books in just an hour or two and remember almost everything that was in it. He was like a living encyclopedia and a walking GPS. He could provide directions between almost any two cities in the world. He could do calendar calculations in his head, so if you asked him to tell you what day of the week, September 14th, 1455 was, he could figure it out. He could remember old baseball scores, music, history, and political facts. He was a true savant. It was, it's theorized that because he was born without the connections between the brain naturally, that his brain formed certain connections on its own, allowing the two hemispheres of his brain to communicate even though they were operating somewhat independently, allowing him to have that full effect of having a brain with two hemispheres that can communicate, but they were able to process information separately. Kim was diagnosed with a mental dysfunction, and even during IQ tests, I believe the highest he scored was in the 80s or 90s, which is somewhat below average. From what I've read, even though he had an amazing memory and ability to read and retain information, he had trouble with certain types of reasoning, like basic mathematics. And in one article I read, it said that he had some issues with social connection, but in another article, it was said that because he read so much and retained so much information, he didn't have that much trouble speaking with or communicating with people. And what the real issue may have been was his ability to relate to other people who couldn't remember things nearly as well as he could. Sitting and thinking about this, especially as I've been through a period where I couldn't see that much and now I can see things again, it's kind of an unbelievable story. It makes me wonder what his perspective was about life, how he really thought about things. He clearly wasn't just an encyclopedia or a GPS. He was a person with emotions and thoughts and preferences and desires. He passed away in 2009, so I personally won't know what it might have been like to interview him or speak with him or ask him questions, but I'm certainly going to go do some more research and see what I can find, because he seems like he was quite a remarkable human being. This is just a testament to the power of our brains, the things that we're capable of, although of course Kim was quite a remarkable example, and a testament to the fact that so much goes on in our brains. This brings me back to a recurring theme, something that I think about a whole lot, which is perspective. One person can be looking at a sunset and be totally awestruck and inspired, while another person can watch it and just be thinking about what they're going to have for dinner next or wondering what the last text message they got was on their phone. If you can find ways for yourself, personally, to have a sense of awe and wonder about things in life, whatever it might be, things that really hit it for you, it might be listening to music or playing music, it might be natural phenomenon like volcanoes or lightning or storms, it might be space or the deep sea, or again, just watching the sunrise. Taking some time to be awestruck in your day or your week can have great implications for your mental health, which may have an impact on your physical health. And surely, no matter how exciting or maybe monotonous your day ahead is going to be, taking some time to feel a sense of wonder about things is sure to help you have a good morning on purpose. The music today was by Scott Buckley, and you can find more information about the tracks that I used in the show notes. I'll also include one of the articles from Psychology Today that I used to 
read a little bit about Kim Peeks, who was, by the way, the inspiration for the movie Rain Man, which I actually haven't seen, but I guess I'll go take time to check it out sometime. I hope you enjoyed today's episode, and I'll catch you in the next one.